the peloton are looking to pick up Jorg Jatska. If they catch him, they might think that's it for the day. Oh, he's hovering. 32. Oh, here's Para an attack goes. by Para. Para goes before the climb even starts. In fact, Casero swinging off almost knocked him off. Now nobody's reacted to that attack. Oh, that's a hard attack. And, you know, there's been so many attacks so far and so many reactions. It's a psychological moment like this. Casario said, well, I've gone so many times. It's up to someone else right now. And this man from Colombia has opened up a pretty sensible advantage. Around about 10 seconds very quickly indeed. Miller is 32 seconds in arrears. But that bill really hit them hard. And Casario almost, almost took him into the ditch. He was moving over to let somebody else come through. Well, he did, but on the other side. Now, that's a great... On December 2nd, 2018, uh, the cycling world lost uh, one of its voices slash soundtracks to the month of July, as well as many cycling events. Uh, the voice of Paul Sherwin uh, left this world um, due to a what's being reported, uh, a cardiac event um, suddenly took his life. Um for me, Paul was a, uh, he was the voice of my July. Uh, him as well as Phil Leggett were uh, the Batman and Robin to the goings-on of what was happening in that particular Tour de France stage. Um, in the springtime, they would do commentary as well. It's, uh, it's a bit of a blow. It's a bit of a blow. So um, things that immediately come to mind when thinking about Paul is that I never met him, full disclosure, uh, but over my fandom of road cycling and cycling in general, um, even just riding my bike, uh, I always found that it was Paul as well as Phil Leggett sort of in my fantasy daydream of me being a pro and riding my bike on local streets and taking my favorite routes. Uh, they were in the background commentating uh, my pedal strokes, giving me the uh, romantic drama of my bike ride, uh, even though it may have been just like a half hour loop or uh, a six hour slog. Um, they were there through thick and thin for me just as a fan uh, cheering me on in my own imagination. Um, their voices are very distinct and it's for sure going to be missed. Um Paul's knowledge of the history of cycling, uh, in which particular year, which particular stage, uh, he always came prepared for each stage race. You can definitely tell in the presentation of uh, his Tour de France coverage, um, as well as knowing the the ins and outs of, uh, he, you could definitely tell he took the time to get to know each of the cyclists that were participating in the tour. Um, it really came through and that's something that's going to be for sure missed this upcoming July. Uh, I think most for a lot of us who are cycling fans, uh, we're going to miss Paul's insights in that regard. Um, he also had a major respect for the history of the region that the races were routed through um, from the little chateaus to the little vineyards um, little places that you think that he may have stayed at uh, and giving you a bit of an honest interpretation of uh, particular wine vintages that may be there uh, for you to try um, but that's something also you're I'm gonna miss for sure uh, listening to his color commentary and as someone who has done just a very small amount of color commentary 
for local races. The ease and preparedness of his interjections and how he played off Phil Leggett, his partner for over 30 years. Um, it's phenomenal and for sure all time uh, in terms of being the prototype for how a lot of us who do it uh, were sort of trying to live up to that gold standard that he set for pretty much all of us in making the race entertaining, informative, and fun for those listening and those for and for those who are participating in those races. Um, so yeah, I'm going to dedicate this particular episode of the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast to uh, the late, great Paul Sherwin. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 45 of the Bike Shop Boyfriend Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin White. In this episode, we talk about uh, my year-long ambassadorship ending with noon, uh, hydration, as well as an announcement about another ambassadorship and some new tech. This is going to be a fast and furious episode. Buckle up, here we go. folks we're in the last month of december here uh sorry last month of 2018 it is december i am confused here and uh i must say uh that also the end of a year brings the end of my noon ambassadorship uh for 2018 um this is actually just a very quick reminder for those of you that i've reached out to um those of you I feel would be great ambassadors as well. I've paid it forward. I've sort of suggested that um, you should apply to become a nude ambassador. Um, yeah, I, I can't say anything not bad about this company. Um, I want to thank them, first of all, for hooking me up for like the entire year with some great product inspiration uh great support network through facebook they have an amazing uh facebook ambassadorship group that uh as a group collectively they reach out to everyone they make sure you're feeling supported uh lets you vent out some thoughts and self-doubts that you might have and comes back very quickly that everyone's kind of got your back so that's actually a really great part of the ambassadorship as well as the community that it sort of fuels um also i have to admit that the product really kept me well hydrated uh fueled up and motivated during some mega rides this year um my favorite product of theirs this year was the watermelon uh electrolyte tablets they were super good uh especially when combined with say sparkling water it was the quintessential uh summer uh hot weather beverage of choice for myself um and as i said i liked the brand so much that i had to pass on the uh, ambassadorship opening to other writers that i thought would very much benefit from being an ambassador um if you are thinking about ever becoming an ambassador for a brand i really recommend starting small and not going big right off the get unless you're stupid talented or you just aim for the moon um 
if you're building it up, I do recommend uh, brands like Noon uh, and other brands of that type to see if you can get on as an ambassador. It really gives you a little bit of insight as to what goes on in the bicycle industry. So it gives you, you know, you get to make mistakes and prove your chops and all that um, without failing too hard. Um, just to give you some insight as how that works, a lot of these brands will give you a bit of a tool guide or toolkit, a social media book that they'll ask you to abide by for when you're commenting about the product. Um, as long as you stick to that and it's very, it's, it's very easy going and common sense It's probably the best way to explain it. Um, and very straightforward. In fact, I gained a little bit of uh, social media knowledge for myself. Um, and you'll be surprised actually how well, uh, people do respond to product, um, and the ambassadorship. If you are having second thoughts of quote selling out, uh, don't, it's not really worth having that, uh, thought process go through. Um, you're going to find that it's more fun to actually do this. You get some free swag, um, or you get it discounted and you get to actually talk with other people that are in the same boat as you. Um, and you really get an, a sense of community actually out of it. I think that's one of the things that they don't hype enough about is that sense of community. Um, that it really undersells what it's all about. So um, if you're interested, you can hit me up here on um, here on anchor.fm if you want to contact me. Uh, voicemail message, that would be amazing. As well as through my usual uh, social media handles at DustinWHT. Um, love to talk about it if you got ideas. So there's some new tech coming out. Um, just saw this coming through the pipeline and I haven't had a chance to get my hands on it just yet, but Specialized has introduced their new Angie system. Uh, it's an impact sensor that pairs to your mobile device. Um, and I believe it's offered in an aftermarket version as well. I'm still trying to get uh, a little bit more information on it. Um, but in theory, it's um, it detects impact and alerts emergency contacts for first aid response. Um, it lets loved ones know where you're at um, and all this good stuff. There's a companion app that also pairs with it and it augments uh, Strava's existing features. So it makes it actually very interesting, I think, for group rides. Um, it's a great method for uh, a starting point and a heading. Uh, which would be really great for those that are latecomers to some of their group rides. Um, it lets you know where the group is headed. Um, also good for emergency support for when the sensor is triggered. It gives them a heading as to where to converge upon. Um, and it also looks like Specializes updating and getting it, getting in on the MIPS uh, open source um, technology into their uh, helmet selection um something that i thought was fairly lacking uh in specializes offering and it's great to see that one of the big players in um 
cycling accessory goods is also getting in on MIPS protection uh, and just integrating it full on into their helmet tech so that way uh, riders can benefit from the technology in and of itself. Um, a few other brands too that are kind of on the fence about uh, getting into MIPS are Cask. Um, I'm saying I'm a lot today. I haven't really thought through my sentences, I would have to say. Anyways, um, <laughs> it's going to be one of those things that I'm very curious as to when Cask gets in on MIPS in terms of integration into their platform, just due to that they offer a luxury good helmet uh, that Team Sky uses and a few other professional cycling teams use that I'm seriously surprised that they don't have it into their system uh, or helmet selection, I should say, uh, at the moment. So that's just some new tech that really got my eye in the last little bit. Uh, like I said, I am waiting to see if the Angie system will be offered as a aftermarket uh, placement and also specializes app for this system uh, is uh, free for the first year but then it's subscription based thereafter so it's a bit of a I think a bit of a kick in the pants in terms of the paywall feature on that it would be great if it was just a free feature that came with the purchase of the sensor but there lies the it, it costs money to run operating systems so that being said um understandable why they're going with the subscription model versus uh just offering it free with the sensor so um just thought that was pretty cool and thought i should translate that onto you the listener oh fun fact if there's any uh technology that you would like me to cover uh feel free to reach out to me but also what are you looking forward to in 2019 in terms of uh safety technologies uh in terms of visibility as well as protection for riders uh what are you interested in seeing uh i'm thinking about also creating that this become a a more regular segment in the podcast um one thing that i am sort of balancing on is uh if i'm going to change up my tire that i've been using for the past three seasons uh the vittoria corsa uh graphene model of tire um if i'm going to change that up to the continental course uh, sorry continental uh gp 5000 series uh tire i've never ridden uh continentals outside i have one on my trainer tire as a trainer tire uh at the moment it's over 15 years old um it owes me nothing it uh it still runs great and rides great so I'm very curious as to if you would like me to see, like would like me to cover tire technologies in the in the coming podcasts. So if you would uh, just leave a comment below, love to hear it. So in this particular segment, I have it uh, jokingly written, I have the power. Uh, I should maybe... You know what? Hold on a second. There's a joke here.
Okay, I'm good. I got that joke out of my system. Anyways, uh, fun fact for all of you, um, I have a new power meter courtesy of an ambassadorship and somewhat partnership, but mostly an ambassadorship with 4i Precision uh, Power Meter. Uh, they're based out of Canada here, and yeah, I just thought I would be completely upfront about another ambassadorship that uh, recently came my way. Um, so you'll see a lot of that on social media and probably me explaining why I need a power meter. Um, but that actually comes with the question, why do I need a power meter? And I want to pretty well, I should maybe back up a little bit. I want to know what I don't know. If that sentence makes sense, great. If it doesn't, let me just unpack that a little bit. Uh, first thing is I want to know um, how I pace my efforts. Uh, currently, I'm using speed and cadence, and I have a fair idea of what pacing looks like for me. Um, I'm going through, going through and into endurance events on my calendar for 2019. I want to know even more about my pacing efforts. Um, heart rate can only tell me so much. My speed can only tell me so much, and my cadence, well, that can only be affected by the resistance that I'm finding on the road, i.e., with winds or elevation of the road itself. Um, but I also want to know. Uh, how to limit going into the red. Um, I want to know how to garnish uh, my effort a little bit better uh, and how to hold on to speed for longer. Those are three things right off the get that I'm really wanting to know immediately. Secondly, um, I want it for tracking fitness gains uh, with the adage that a watt is a watt in terms of uh, coaching. I can use other data points to help me track my fatigue, my fitness, and my gains that may come about, but sometimes power is the best way to do it because it really just doesn't take into consideration how you felt that day. Um, it can only tell you what your output was. So that's in a lot of ways uh, a more honest reading than figuring out that maybe I was over caffeinated and that's why my heart rate was high or if it was a headwind day. Um, why my speed was so low or if the road goes up a lot um, why my cadence was so slow so all those different things are taking into account but if I'm holding 200 watts I'm holding 200 watts it doesn't matter if it's a headwind if it's uphill or if it's downhill um, or if I'm just jacked up on coffee 200 watts is 200 watts thirdly and my last point I think that I've come up for myself I should say it's to test myself outside of my existing smart trainer setup um, and also in the real world. Sort of take what I'm doing on my trainer, which is me mindlessly. Well, sorry, no, there's full on intention of me being on a smart trainer, um, but I'm not moving as dynamically on a smart trainer as I would outside. So to take those numbers, have the same tool option to take that outside is very important. Um, so I know the consistency of what I'm doing. Those are all things and the reasons why I'm uh, working as an ambassador for 4i Precision. They were great in hooking me up with uh, a crank arm, single-sided uh, power meter. Um, there might be the option to upgrade to a dual 
leg parameter system uh, in the future. But as of right now, uh, I'm just doing the single leg option. I'm gonna see how it goes. And if I do wanna upgrade to that next one, you're gonna hear about it. And I'll uh, definitely let you know how that goes. Now, this also brings up the interesting point of why I need a parameter. Might be a great time to talk about why you might not need a parameter. And sometimes less is more. That's possibly the big summary spoiler about what I'm about to talk about. Um, one, you'll find that you'll spend too much time looking down and not looking where you are and enjoying the ride. You'll actually forget that you're riding a bike. Uh, you're just trying to hit target numbers and all this and that. Um, secondly, you'll spend less amount of time trying to work out uh, what you have to do in each gear to maintain a given power instead of just riding your bike at a comfortable cadence and speed and enjoying the ride. That is a great sort of point to be made. Um, I do find that people arbitrarily do tie themselves to uh, the weight, we'll call it, of uh, power numbers that you just might not be able that particular day due to fatigue and other options, uh, might not be able to actually hold on to it. Uh, a third point is, uh, if you are not racing, why do you need one? Um, if you can maintain a given speed and a given gear at a constant cadence, then things are probably okay power-wise. Um, also, you can gauge your effort. This is point number four, by the way. Um, you can gauge your effort by your heart rate, breath rate, uh, cadence, and fatigue levels. That is true. Um, however, that's just great options for if you don't have a power meter available or if you don't want to invest in one. Um, and also, if you are over a certain age, you're not going to improve. So just enjoy the ride and ditch the data. Now, this is a double-edged one, uh, especially the quote, uh, what I got written here is over a certain age. Um, I really feel that over a certain age, you're not going to see certain performance gains in the way that you might have in younger years. The big two differences that I find on that one is uh, at certain age, your sprint is your sprint and it's really, really good. Uh, it's really snappy. You can unleash it when you want. It's on a dime. I just snap my fingers to give you an idea of how fast it can go. Um, the older you get, the more of a sprint you'll lose. Uh, and those are mostly due to the fact that you lose fast twitch muscle fiber as you age. Um, but the benefit is you actually get more endurance stamina as you age. So even though you might not have that fast burst of speed or explosive power uh, efforts, the older you get, the actual, it's not necessarily a big bang. Think of it as... Um, a slow burning ember that is just still really, really hot as embers in a fire often are, um, you'll have actually a longer output and maintain heat for longer. Um, that's something that you'll actually look forward to as you do age as a rider. Um, and it's something that I'm currently, uh, I'm not saying I'm currently experiencing it because I've always somewhat ridden this way. But I've always ridden more as an endurance rider and not necessarily as a sprinter. Even though sprint intervals can still prove beneficial to all riders, uh, just to change up your uh, physiological benefits. Um, I might actually get a physiologist on the podcast just to discuss some of this stuff. But um, I find that if you 
sort of play to your strengths of what you have now, you're going to be okay for the long haul. Um, and it makes you just enjoy the ride a little bit more. So that those are some very fast and quick reasons for why you might not need a power meter. But that being said, I got a power meter and I'm pretty excited about it. So uh, I'll probably be talking about that in coming episodes. Hey folks, thank you so much for listening to this very fast episode 45 of the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast. Reason for its brevity is because, well, I've got two other episodes already in the can, on deck, ready to go during this holiday spell. Um, I just wanted to get this one done so I can get to those ones. Uh, Not that this episode really informs what's going on in those other ones. Anyways, you'll get it. Um... I just wanted to make sure I had some content out and uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. If you did, give me a like. That means so much. Or drop me a rating uh, if you're on iTunes or if you're on Spotify or Google Play. I would love to hear from you. I do get a chance to see all the uh, replies. Um, thank you so much for those of you who have DM'd me questions. That's actually in uh, an upcoming Q&A episode. Um, if you have questions you do want to submit, feel free. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter. That's Dustin, D-U-S-T-I-N-W-H-T. Or on Instagram, the same handle, Dustin, W-H-T. Um, hit me up with a DM. I love hearing from you. It means so much to me that you guys reach out and actually enjoy this content. If there's something you want to hear or if you want me to address it, let me know. Love hearing from you. Until the next episode, ride safe out there.